Hi everyone, uh, I'm Dave, I produce the podcast. Uh, when I started this, um, really I just wanted to talk to a bunch of ex-Chesterfield players, just because I'm a supporter. Um, but I also wanted to find out about their personal stories, really, of uh, being players at the club. Um, and when I started the podcast, one name kept cropping up from a few supporters that were that were messaging me, and that was, uh, when are you going to get David Reeves on? And that's funny, really, because my the probably the first player I remember joining in in with the chant uh, to was David Reeves shouting Reevesy in the cop um, so he was always really high on the list so um, I heard that he was in sports management now so I found his company and uh, um, just sent an off-the-cuff email really and he came back within about two minutes saying yeah I'd love to I'd love to talk about my time at Chesterfield I loved it there um, so I think I don't think this uh, episode will disappoint um, he joined us in 1997, uh, he'd had really successful spells at Carlisle um, and Bolton and joined us from Preston, um, hit the ground running straight away, scoring a few goals in his first couple of games and yeah, became a real cult figure really at Chesterfield. Um, he, he spoke really well about scoring goals, uh, including an amazing uh, goal where he, he uh, flicked up a free kick and, and volleyed it in, uh, which we have a good giggle about. Um, but he also talked about some of the turbulent times at the club as well, uh, under Darren Brown when he came in and really ripped the club apart, um, and leaving the club at that time, going to Oldham, and then coming back to Chesterfield again, uh, where he finished his career. Um, he was really honest as well about how, um, how his career at Chesterfield ended as well, which uh, maybe puts a few rumours uh, straight. Um, and yeah, he's just a really lovely, honest chap. Uh, the first striker we've had on the podcast and it seemed really apt that it was David Reeves that was the first striker we had on. So uh, I hope you all uh, enjoy the podcast. As always, we are at Spire Legends uh, on Twitter. Oh, we've got a Facebook page as well, Legends of the Spire. So uh, do get in touch and tell us who you'd like to see next. Enjoy the episode. Yeah, so um, so I suppose with with all of these kind of chats, I always start at the same place in terms of what position you were playing when you first started, because it seems that everyone that I've spoken to, even Steve Grizovich, Tom Curtis, last week when I spoke to him, everyone was striker when they started off. So it'd right. be really weird if you didn't start off as a striker when you started playing. No, I did. I started off as a striker. Yeah. Um, and what kind of what kind of player were you when you if you could describe yourself as a striker what kind of style were you? Uh, probably hard well hard working, nick some goals I suppose. Hmm. You know I think then never give up. Um, not not particularly quick but not slow. Um, so it, it, obviously it's the games the games moved on a lot since I played. So it's. Um, it's a lot more technical now. I suppose I wasn't the most technical player, 
probably Tom Capers will tell you that and Marcus Hebden. Um, but no, you're just a hard working striker who nicked a couple of goals, I'd say. Yeah, everyone seems to be like six foot five nowadays, don't they? Strikers that are up front, they're all massive oh. and quick. And uh, should be baseball players, basketball players, sorry, shouldn't they? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, where did it start for you? Because you, you're, you can obviously tell from your accent, you're not from, uh, you didn't uh, grow up around Sheffield, but you started it at Wednesday, didn't you? So, how did it kind of start for you? Yeah, I start well. The, what in in a professional game, you mean? Yeah. Well, as a, yeah. Just as like I, a kid well, was, playing, and then and then getting that getting that yeah, kind well, of professional contract. Yeah, but when I, we we grew up, well, I grew up. Um, I had a twin brother, Alan, as well, um, and we were brought up in Birkenhead, in Merseyside. So it was. Uh, it wasn't the. Um, it wasn't the most prestigious places to be brought up in, but that's where you were born, and and it was great. All it was, we lived in. Lived and drink and football. That was all we all we did. We lived and breathed it, and it was there. Uh, there was basically that's all that we were looking forward to. Even when school came in, you know, we we couldn't wait to get out of school to go and play for the school team. Um, as I said, it was a ma- obviously in, from Liverpool and Everton, and there was Trammy Rovers, was our local club. Um, that was uh, it was always going to watch them game Liverpool more than Everton, um, and I think. Uh, the Trammy Rovers one, we used to support them as well so when I was about from about 12 um, to about 15, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just always a big, massive park, they can park. And you literally used to, must have been about 20 aside every Sunday for the lads that just, just basically organized it ourselves. You know, uh, you coach down as the goals and you in one ball, you know, the ball got up the tree, you, you, have, you had a drink, but while one of the lads got it out the tree. So, you know, it was that exactly how, how it was. And then from just playing for the local team, local teams with, with your friends in the Sunday league teams, uh, we were lucky enough. I went to a school called Bidston, sorry, Baconhead High School. And um, we never lost the game in our final two years. And then bearing in mind, you've got all the Liverpool teams who had so many players then who went on to be professional footballers. It was a great achievement. So we knew there was a few of us that were decent footballers at that time. Like I'm talking, we were 14 years old, 15 years old. So it was um, it was always football. And then then I went on to play for uh, to play for a team called Heswell um, in the in the West Cheshire League, just in an amateur league. And then a Chef Wednesday fan came to watch that game. Uh, sorry, Chef Wednesday scout called Harry. Bless him. I think he was about 80-odd at that time in 1986, so obviously he won't be with us now. Well, at least I don't think he will be. Um, and he went to watch a player who used to play for us called Ian Wold, who used to play for Nottingham Forest, mm-hmm. who's now assistant manager at Burnley. Uh, and on that game, I think I touched the ball four times and scored four goals. And he came up to me at the end and said, um, would you like a trial at Chef Wednesday? And I literally, I'm like, I thought someone was, I thought it was their game. I thought Jeremy Beadle was going to jump out and say, <laughs> you know. Um, and anyway, it was, I went to, I told all my, my family and my friends and he still didn't believe me until he actually went out the door and went to Sheffield. And my uncle Dave took me. And um, and it went on from there to give me a, it was like, it was like a, a massive, it was a different world from where I'd come from. Um, and it was, I don't know. I just, I think I just took the chance to give me a two-year contract after three days of training. So I, I literally, I just, I was just went in and I was myself, and it was, uh, it went from there. Really, it was, uh, it was uh, very lucky because 
you know, everyone, I think everyone who knows me knows this story. I literally, like a week before this scout came to watch me, I was a YTS paint decorator getting £26.50 a week. And um, literally, like, got the sack a week before the trial for painting, well, for throwing, a, I, I literally threw a, 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 a brush at, with white gloss on and a black cat because it kept messing me, me rail up, my stair rail I was painting. So the lady whose house it was basically got, got me sacked. So, but that cat was, I reckon it was lucky for me at that time. <laughs> so yeah. not that I don't like cats. It was, you know, I like cats. So cat, cat lovers out there. But it was, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a strange, it was a strange couple of weeks in, in that part of my life. Yeah. So, and, and then it went on from there. Obviously, I got a two-year contract with Chef Wednesday and, um, and that, that was the start. Yeah, and then, and then you, did, you did play a few games, didn't you, for... Wednesday, like a yeah, I played. I think I played about twenty appearances. I started ten, I think, scoring three goals, which I loved. It. it was I was there for three years. I got when I went in. I got in my first um, my first season for the for the what well, intermediate team, which the youth team at the time and the reserves. Um, I think I got about sixty odd goals. So it was like it was unprecedented. It was like I was just, just scoring every game I played. I was scoring twos and threes and in reserves as well as the the uh, the, the youth team. Um, I, I just I was just scoring goals, you know. I wasn't, as I said, technically not brilliant, um, but I was just scoring goals, and it was all about, you know. And I, I didn't think I'd get me chance at Chef Wednesday, but I did, um, and I took it. It was uh, I loved it. My only regret is I should have stayed at Chef Wednesday instead of going to Bolton. Although I loved my time at Bolton, mm. um, you know, I wouldn't change my Bolton the time at Bolton, but because the Premier League came in a year later at Chef Wednesday, but who was to know that? You know, so yeah, I suppose things could have been different if you just stayed, if you just stayed there instead. Yeah, 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 they could have. But as I said, I I love my town bottle every minute of it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and you you scored. You kind of hit the ground running, didn't you, at Bolton? You got like what nearly nearly fifty goals in kind of what hundred and thirty odd appearances, something like that. Yeah, I pl- I, I did. I, I loved it at Bolton. It was great. It was a it's a fantastic club. And the reason what took me to Bolton was the manager at that time, Phil Neal because he was a Liverpool legend and I was a Liverpool fan. And I literally, like, never... I didn't really... I, I, just, I suppose I only had my uncle, John, because my me, me dad left, left to live in Australia when me and my twin brother were six months old. So we didn't really have a mentor or, a, or, or, or uh, anyone guiding us. So it was, it was my granddad and my uncle, really. My granddad was ill. But me, me uncle, my uncle John sort of helped me out. And, um, and I, didn't, I didn't really... I think I just jumped into it. Mm-hmm. I, I just went, I'm going to go, because Big Ron offered me a three-year deal at Wednesday, and Phil Neal offered me a three-year deal at Bolton. On the, it would, and it wasn't about the money, it was the same money. So for some reason, I, I decided to go and play for Bolton, instead of maybe battling it out and seeing how my career could have took a, a different turn at Chef Wednesday. But like, th- that, that was my only half regret in football. Maybe I should have stayed at Chef Wednesday, but then, then I wouldn't have gone to Bolton. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I loved. It was and, a great club. And... Um... What, what was it like? Were you a bit kind of starstruck then when you first met Phil Neal and you were kind of having a chat about signing? Yeah, it was. We, yeah, we met him, um, met him at a, at a, at a uh, restaurant in Heswell. Um, he came with, uh, with Phil Garside at the time. He was a director, God rest his soul. Obviously, Phil's not with us anymore. Um, so it was literally like, yeah, it was starstruck. And, I, and then I went away and I, my girlfriend at the time who I was living with 
we went to uh, Greece and I said, I'm going to go and decide on a two-week holiday in Greece which way I'm going to go. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't, I don't think I really thought it through, to be honest. I, I think what, the big thing that was, that made me decide, I think, was because of the, the, the promise of first-team football at Bolton mm. rather than the, the uncertainty of what would happen at, at Chef Wednesday. But uh, the, the Chef, but that's a, the Chef Wednesday scenario was, I didn't know the Premier League was around the corner. If I knew that, if I knew that, I probably would have had a little, another sign another deal at at, um, at at Chef Wednesday. But I, I didn't think oh, two hours there, two hours back in the car every day because I have stayed in Sheffield all these years, all the clubs I've been at. And then I didn't take that into account, although I got used to it. That was part of my job. Um, you know, that was the that was the hardest part of it, the travelling. The easiest part was playing football and training with the lads because it was it's not a job, is it? Really, let's be honest. Um, you're, a privileged, you're in a privileged position, so uh, it were, it was. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't really look at that, thinking well, we'll have to be doing like thousands and thousands of miles a year till Chef Wendy, 15 minutes down the road from where they live. Mm. So, but but anyway, I, I took that decision, and and I, you know, me and Tony Phyllis Kirk, we 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 set up a really good relationship, playing up front together, and we we had we had three good seasons, really good seasons. Yeah, and and how do you kind of find your feet as a as a striker when you kind of become a regular in a team? Um, does it just kind of take time for you to kind of get into the groove a bit when you when you just starting off and becoming a regular? I, th- I think so. I think it, 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 as I said, it's changed, David. It's changed over the years drastically because when I played, like when I went to Bolton, they signed me to play, and there's no guarantees you're going to do well or you're going to you know you're going to you, you, you're going to hit the ground running. But at that time, clubs, they couldn't buy three, two, three, four strikers. They bought one or two and they had a young lad coming up. Um, and, you know, so you had to, it, was, it wasn't like, you know, obviously Phil Neal did his homework. He, he, he watched me play for Chef Wednesday Reserves and I'd been on loan to Burnley and done well in Scunthorpe and done well and scored in them for them two teams as well. So, you know, he, he wasn't going in blind signing me. But, you know, it was a free transfer and I think it was... Uh, it was good business from his point of view um, and my point of view, you know, looking back now. Um, but like I said, it's not like it is now where if you, if you don't score for a couple of games, you're, you're going to be left out. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, you rotate yeah, or you have a rest. You're, you're actually, you know, you know, you know what, you've missed a couple of sitters, Reeves, and you're still playing next week. So I think to have that, to have that um, confidence from the manager's point of view was good. And it was, it, it was, it was great for him, for us, Right, right till the end of the Bolton, uh, Phil's career at Bolton, Phil's, Phil's uh, tender as manager. So then it got a little bit different. But yeah, at that time, it was, it was, uh, it was great knowing that you were going to play. There's nothing better than playing football, is there? I went to Notts County from, it was literally deadline day. And after Phil Neal had gone, Bruce Rioch had took over. And I, was, I played for Bruce quite a lot and I, I did well for him. But I don't think I was as... Uh, it was his, uh, I was a, his ideal striker. So obviously Andy Walker was there and then we signed John McGinley. Um, so it was like, and that, this is the thing you see, it, it's like if he had his two and then he decided to push me out the door because well, who else are you going to play? You know what I mean? So you, you didn't have big squads in them days. Anyway, um, not so they were in League uh, 3 as it is now, third division. So obviously League 2 as it is now. Um, sorry, League 1 as it is now. And... Uh, not counting in the championship as it is now, so league, league division, division one. 
So it was like a great move for me because it was closer to Sheffield. Um, and I, I signed a three-year deal there. Uh, but, but not to count it, it was, it was a short time. You know, I actually scored in, we had to win the last game against Sunderland to stay up that year. Um, and I scored the first goal and we stayed up. We beat them 3-0. Um, and it was uh, it was a great result, but that was the end of my not not county, not county uh, adventure. It was probably, um, and I don't mind saying it, it was probably uh, as a as a club and as and being in a dressing room, my worst club I played for, and 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 my worst. It was the worst dressing room. Don't know why. Maybe there was a few big time Charlies there who thought there was something they weren't. Um, they probably knew who they were. They not at that time, but I didn't enjoy it. That's all. There's some there's some really good lads there, like there is. But yeah, all of all the clubs I had, all the years I played, probably not count. It was my least enjoyable time. Do you start do you start kind of thinking about a a bit of a way out then if you're at a club and you're just not really enjoying it? Well, it was it was a funny one because like when it, I'd had a year there, and then uh, the chairman pulled me in, literally, and just said, "Look, Carlisle, want you," and um and I was in and out of the team at that time and uh, and I'm like Carlisle we don't even know where Carlisle is where is Carlisle you know and I had a bit of a barney with, with, the, with the, the chairman at the time Derek Pavis because uh, I you know it was, I think because I had a few uh, signed on fees owed it's like well you know if you go you're not going to be getting signed on fees so I said I'm not going then you know I said well you know I'm not asking to leave it's like you know I need to anyway we, we come to an agreement uh, against against what he against what he wanted but he wanted me out the door. Then I went to speak to Mick Wadsworth um, and Michael Knighton, who was the chairman. Met them in Huddersfield. Uh, and to be fair, they both sold it to me straight away. Um, and it was, it, was, it was a weird one again because I'm like, literally, they were in the fourth division and they were, they were like, I think they were third from bottom. But, but their plan and their... Uh, their blueprint for, for Carlisle, what he wanted to do with it, he sold it to me. I really talked to Mick, and um, uh, to Mick Wadsworth as a manager, as a man. Michael Knight and I talked to as well, although a lot of people, you know, he's an acquired taste. Um, but he, it was, uh, yeah, I didn't, I don't think, till I went up there, didn't realise how far away it was. <laughs> because, because I, I live with my girlfriend in Sheffield, and, uh, and we weren't moving. So, and then the, well, the thing with Mick, Mick lived in, in Pontefract as well, uh, down that way. So it was, um, it was a, everyone used to travel because obviously Carlisle, to get the, the players up there, everyone had to travel. So we, we had plenty of time off. But I remember the first time Michael Knighton drove me up in his car, he literally fell asleep at the wheel and hit us and just literally clipped the central reservation, which you can imagine me, I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? What's going on? I'm shouting, chairman, chairman. So he, he woke up, luckily, just in time. Uh, and he just he had to stop off and he had to get some, some fresh air and a cup of coffee at the service station. And I'm thinking, I don't think I'll be coming up with this show for anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, Carlisle, it was, I didn't realise how big a club it was at that time, being third from bottom in the fourth division, having players there who probably weren't good enough, um, having, having the fan base was unbelievable. You know the fans, the Carlisle were, they were, they were amazing, and I think that was that was always so. Like three and a half hours to get there, three and a half hours to get back. It was like you know we travel up and down. We had you know we stayed up a lot, but having 
having um, we could I could write a book on my three years of Carlisle. There'd be a few divorces in that book, I reckon. Yeah. But I could write a book. Um, it wasn't like literally. It was the fo- football was every when the football came out and we're training. Everything's everything's got to be spot on because Mick Wadsworth wouldn't have it any other way. You know, he's professional. He, he was so precise in what he did with Mervyn Days as number two. Um, and but once you know we we worked hard. Every lad, every single lad I love who played for them. Um, it was uh, it was like a family. And uh, you know, don't get me wrong. We got in the playoffs that year. We were third and bottom, which was unbelievable. We lost to Wickham in the semi-final, and then but the year later we we went to Wembley and won the league easily, and that was a fan, one of my one of the best best years I've had as a footballer. But then the, the next year we got relegated. But it, it's it was a bit a uh, bittersweet moment. Um, but yeah, Carlisle was it was uh, it was some some great great times with Carlisle. Although Dean Walling was widely credited with the score, the camera behind the goal showed it was David Reeves who chested the ball home. The goal that clinched the third division championship. Yeah, well, I chested it in, so, you know, it, I was due a goal, so it's nice to get, you know, the, the one that won the championship for us, so, you know, really pleased with it. Mick, many congratulations. How was that for you today? Well, it was nervous and tense, but, uh, you know, everything that we've done all season's come to fruition today, and it's a championship which is uh, a very worthy one for this group of players and for this uh, group of spectators. A lot of fans, um, when I said I was talking to you, said that I had to mention the, the goals that you scored for Carlisle against Chesterfield that then condemned us to the to a playoff meeting with Mansfield that then turned out rosy for us because it was a great old time. But do you, do you remember those? Can't remember them goals, Dave. No, can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think, yeah, listen, I think, um, obviously I didn't know at that time that I was going to be signing for Chesterfield a few years later. Um, but it was, it was, it was, that we'd won the league on the Saturday and I scored against them, against Colchester away. So we all, you know, there was like 300 Carlisle fans travelling down to Colchester from Carlisle. It's like seven hours, wherever it is. Mm. And, then, and then we won the league. We won 1-0. Literally went in off my shoulder, the goal. And, then, and we won the league. And it was, it was brilliant. So the manager, Mick Wadsworth, like literally said, was, was resting seven players from that team for the Chesterfield game. <laughs> so it was all set up for a Chesterfield win. He literally said to me, because um, we only had one game left this, on the Saturday the season, uh, he said, uh, Reeves, do you want to rest? And I went, I'm not having a rest. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, I, wanna, I, wanna, I, had, um, I had 18 league goals and, um, and, I, and I got a bonus for 20 league goals. <laughs> and I wanted, I wanted to try. I mean, there was two games left. I think, and I want to try and score me two goals. Um, and it was, uh, it was literally like, yeah, Tony Elliott in goal who, who hadn't played the game all season, who were one of the it just happened to have one of the best goalkeeping performances I've ever seen at any level on that night. You've got uh, Kevin Davis missing sitters. Uh, and then you've got, I think we had, I think we literally had two, three efforts on goal. And it was, it was so early in. And when we got out, when we got, when we got there, we couldn't believe the crowds. Obviously we knew that they had to win um, to get up. And then um, we, you know, people on the, on the, uh, on the, on the houses, on the roofs of the houses, watching the game. And, you know, it was like, we, we'd already won. I remember Warren Aspinall, Warren Aspinall, the place was, he was still drunk from the Saturday before. 
So it was like, there's no way we're going to get battered today, tonight here. Anyway, like when I remember my goals, but it was probably one of the best goals I scored that season, first goal. I just I can't remember who we run behind. Was it was did Sean Dyche play in that game? I don't With know. Nicky Law. Yeah, yeah, probably. Nicky Law. Literally, I, run, I remember running behind Bogart, and I just volley, hit it on the volley, and it just dipped in the top corner of the keeper. And then I literally run to the to if you watch me, if anyone watches that game, that game when I scored that goal, I've run to the director's box at Chesterfield. And I was I was doing that to Michael Knighton, basically, <laughs> and he's like he's shaking his head like that, and then um, and then obviously the second goal it was a, a really good header from a free kick I think wasn't it or a corner I can't remember, because um, they, they equalised you you equalised didn't they one yeah. one did Kevin Davis score was it I can't remember I can't remember who scored for them but it was yeah and then I scored again and I thought wow. You know, we might get a draw out of it because they're definitely going to score. And then, obviously, they got a penalty, didn't they? And Tony Elliott saved the penalty, didn't he? <laughs> and it was like when we won, when we, you know, we celebrated like we won, we, we just won the league again. It was, you know, it was that, and that was what that team was about. It was, it was like literally made seven changes from from the from the team on Saturday that we just won the league, and it was, it was, it paid off. But I unknowing unknowingly to us, like we. Chesterfield get Mansfield in the final. <laughs> Did you get them in the semi-final or final? Yeah, yeah. In the semi, semi, semi and you beat, you beat them in the semi, didn't you? So, yeah, so that, I always say to, to the Chessie fans, yeah, I got you, I got you what you wanted really that year. Because if you <laughs> would have had the choice, you wouldn't have wanted to go straight up anyway, would you? You'd want to go, you'd want to get in the playoffs and beat beat Mansfield twice and then get them and then get up in the, in the, in the playoff final. Yeah. And, and did you get... And you got what you wanted as well, did you? Did you get your 20 goals? <laughs> I got my, well, I got the, on, my second goal. That was the header. And I've literally run, and I literally run to the director's box again. And, he, and the chairman's just clapping me. And in, in, and he, in the dressing room, he said to Mick Wads, Mick, you should never have played really tonight. Second place, Chesterfield could well have been an anti-climax, with six changes from the players who were on duty at Colchester. No fewer than seven homegrown Cumbrians were in Mick Wadsworth's selection. The home side, unbeaten in 21 matches and needing a win to hang on to the second automatic promotion place, were rocked by David Reeves' spectacular opener. Chesterfield came back to equalise, but Reeves again put United in front. It was Tony Elliott, though, who was to emerge as the star man. With first choice Tony Keg rested, the patient Elliott seized this rare chance of first-team action, helping his side to one of their most satisfying wins of the season. Chances have been few and far between for myself, so I just went out with the attitude that I weren't going to be beat. Uh, just had the game of my life. I'm just glad I did it in the end. I'm so tired. It's unbelievable. And, and Tony Elliott came in for, I think, only his third start of the year and had one of those goal, uh, games every goalkeeper dreams about, where everything but everything goes right, even to the, I think, to the last ten minutes where he saved the penalty. It just reinforced, you know, sort of the, the feeling about the place that we're, we're true champions, we can play in lots of different styles to suit the occasion, and we're good enough to beat anybody in this league. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the ironic thing, David, was on the Saturday, the last game of the season, we got the trophy before the game, which I've never known. And um, it was red hot, and we were playing Lincoln, who were on the beach already. And um, every we played all our main squad. We played everybody, every player who played, and uh, all that season who'd who'd been regulars. And 
we got beat 3 now. <laughs> we were horrific. <laughs> we're, we're running around the pitch. There's like 14,000 fans there at Brunton Park and we literally got the trophy before the game, which was a, which did this really. Because I think all the emotion and all the, and you know, all, all, the, all, all our adrenaline had gone. You know, it's like, yeah. and then we got battered. It could have been 10. We, we were that bad. <laughs> but, it, but you know what? No one cared. It did. Yeah. It, it, I don't suppose it, but it would have been nice to win the last game. Final for the win, but, yeah. You know, I think, I think the actual club got it wrong. Whoever made that decision to get the trophy before the game, not good. Was there like a pressure of a prize tag when you, when you go for quite a bit of money? Um, I don't, I don't, I think, listen, at that time, it's like 300 grand, not a lot of money or whatever. I think it was 300 grand plus whatever Tony Loma was, was worth. Um, but that was, a, it was another one because I was, I was a regular for th- three years at Preston. And then I got left out. I got left out in one game. And because I, I loved it at Preston. It was good. Preston's, Preston's a really good club at that time. Um, manager was a bit, was a bit, uh, what, we've got to be careful what, what way they choose here. He was a bit lively. <laughs> Gary Peters, but he, he was good. For, he go with me. He was good with me. Um, but I got left out of one game, and then literally um, that Friday, he's pulled me after training and said, "Reeves, by the way, Chesterfield want you." And I'm like, "Well, I've only been left out of one game. I've played for three years. <laughs> you know what I mean?" It was like, "Right, that's it. Your time's done. That, this is the. This is the. That's what football. That's what it is. That's what football is. Though so it's not the same now, wouldn't I thought. Mm. But um, yeah, it's." Uh, it was, I just, I just thought, I said, all oh, right, okay. And then anyway, the, so that was this Friday. So on the Tuesday, I'd gone to, I'd gone, I was at a game. I was at the Chesterfield gate. I can't remember, I think you were playing Gillingham or someone on a Tuesday night. And I literally went and spoke to him, um, myself, John Duncan, and, uh, and um, the chairman, uh, God rest his soul, once he got, my maid's gone now. Uh, anyway, he'll come back to me. Um, and and it was uh, it was just yeah it was just done so quick, and it was you know I, I I'm thinking right Chesterfield it's on my doorstep for a start I haven't got to travel even further from Bolton it's even further another twenty minutes past Bolton, Norton Lee sorry I'm going to forget Norton yeah, yeah. and it was like you know and it was it nearly didn't happen you know it very nearly didn't happen the Chesterfield one. Cool. So, so obviously so obviously at the time. Uh, you know, there's no way I didn't. I never had an agent. I used to do the lads' contracts. I used to the lads used to get me in to go and do their contracts. Um, honestly, like of Ian Brecken and, and people like that. It was it was funny. Um, but I'd gone in, and I'd agreed the deal with John Duncan in the boardroom, in that in that old decrepit boardroom that looked yeah. like it was a paneling. Yeah, with the paneling. So I'd I'd gone out, done something, come back in, and then Norton came and I met Norton Lee. Just David Chairman, he said, yeah. So I looked at the contract and it, it was wrong. It wasn't what we agreed. It, it was something else. It was like, and I, anyway, I went, so I said, excuse me, Chairman. Uh, I went, it's not right. I said, me and John didn't agree this. And then Norton, God rest his soul, just stood up, slammed his case shut and said, nobody calls me a liar in my own boardroom. And I, obviously at this point, I'm like thinking, shed me be again. See someone's going to jump out and say, what's up? So John's gone. John's tried to smooth it over. Hey, chairman, chairman. You know, he's like, you know, um, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So I said, so he, he said, no, no, John, it's not. I'm not being called. I said, I'm not calling you a liar, um, chairman. 
I said, I'm, me, and John, me, and the, me and John have just agreed this. Anyway, we weren't having it. So I just said, John, I'm, I'm going. So I'm literally, <laughs> I'm on the dual carriageway back to Sheffield. And honestly, and my phone goes, um, and it was a Chesterfield number, and it was Norton Lee. And he said, David, I, I apologise. Can you turn back, please? Can you come back? Let, let's start again. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd literally turned round, gone round to Sheffield, come back to the roundabout, gone back to the... And he said, I, I'm, I'm sorry, David. And to be fair to him, you know, Norton held his hand up, and he just blamed John Duncan. <laughs> he said, it's John's fault. John Fonts, but it was, yeah, so it was very, very nearly never happened. Very nearly. Because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not having this. I can't play for people who don't know what they're talking about. Do you know what I mean? You can't, you can't do that. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I turned around because it was, um, yeah, it, I loved it at Chesterfield. All the lads, all the lads were fantastic. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't one bad egg. You know, you play football and you play for so many, you go to so many dressing rooms and the Chessie dressing room was one of the best. Mm. Um, it was, you know, even the lads who the lads who weren't playing, um, they were part of the squad. And you know, even when you, you should have been playing, and you never played, it was everyone. It wasn't like they spit the dummy out. It was everyone was part of it. Um, you know, John John Duncan and Kevin Randall, bless him. Um, they had their own way of doing things. Uh, at that time, I believe it was the right way, and it was, they did the best with what they had in the building. Um, you know, they were very successful in what they did. Different, very different than what other people did. But I, I, you know, I, that's what they—that's what made them. That's what made them such good, such good coaches, good people. Um, you know, it was. We could tell you some stories. The lads could tell you some stories about, you know, moving the dog, the dog poo off 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 the parks before we train. You know, that. But that's that's kept us grounded, really. You know, now with all the all the, the glitz and glamour of even, you know, even the pro act or whatever they call it now, um, you know, yeah, the spoil for what they had from what we had, yeah. you know, but but it was we knew, we, we, you know, every single player would say that we're, we're not, we haven't got to get up at six o'clock in the morning and go and work on a building site. Well, we didn't at that time. We might have to do it now, but you know, it's it was you're a footballer and it it, it comes and goes so quick. You don't realise how, how how fast your career goes. And you, you know you have to you have to plan for your future, mm. and um, and you don't think all all it is at that time. Now just think about the next game, the next training session, and the next night out with the lads. It was uh, it was um, it, it was brilliant. It was really good. And I think from from what what that club was, you know the fans fans were great. It was even when I played against Chesterfield coming to Saltergate, it was oh no, I've got to go to Chesterfield next week. It's like oh you know it was it's it's a tough place to go to. Um, and to be on on the other side of the fence on that, it's uh, it was good because be, under John we probably won more than we lost. Yeah, and especially you know I mean? under those under the floodlights at Saltgate, it just seemed like it's, it's not. It doesn't quite feel the same at the new stadium under the floodlights as it did at the old one when you're on top of the hill. No, and it's the fog's yeah. coming down and uh, it's different to it. It's different. I think it's uh, it's similar to the Bolton one with Burnden Park now in the Reebok, whatever they call it now. Um, it's, you know, Burnham Park was an unbelievable ground, stadium, whatever you want to call it. It had, it, you know, it held, it, it, it was held in high esteem. For like, you know, you think of all the players, all the, the old players who, Nat Lofthouse, you know, Nat Lofthouse, what a legend he was. What a man, by the way, what a, you know, what a lovely man. Um, 
you know, Saltergate, all the top players, Amy Moss, Kevin Randall, all the ones who played there. It was, it's a, the, 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 the ironic, ironic, it's ironic that I think um, now you're looking at, you've got all the ground, you've got everything you want. It's the Chesterfield and they're in the conference. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no way in the world that it would, when, when not that we, when we were there, even before I was there and after I was there, Chesterfield were never going to be in the conference. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So whatever, for whatever reason, we'll not go into the reasons why they are in the conference, but, you know, it's not all about having the, 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 the glamour and the glitz of the shiny stadiums. It's about watching them stadiums. It's about the people who run the football club. It's about the people who, 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 who make it. And I think the fans have a massive part to play. And it's sad, really, to see where Chesterfield are. You know, it needs, it needs someone to come in, to come and put a lot of money into it and, and invest into it and the right people to run it and get them back up that league. You know, it's, um, it's a perfect example, isn't it? If, if it's, uh, it, it literally, it's not about your surroundings. It's about the people, in, the people inside your surroundings. Yeah, and there's some huge huge clubs at that level now that have all kind of gone the similar yeah. way. You know, it's, it's like you look at the, yeah. you look at the conference now and a few years ago, it was, it was all those league, all league those, two, league one, might've been league one, mightn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, so going back to kind of when you started at Chesterfield, you scored in your first two games, didn't you? I think it was a, a league game against Grimsby and then in, in yeah. the, I think as well. In the cup. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was it quite easy. Was it quite quick and easy to integrate into that, into that squad, into that dressing room, and kind of hit the ground running. Um, I think it, it's a, it's a it's a it's a difficult question to answer, David, because I think when if you if you're a striker and you go to another club, and then you you get a couple of goals early doors, it's quite as a footballer, um, as a player, it's quite it's good. So people, you know, you, people can go, oh, you, you know, he's decent. If, if they don't already know you, you know, obviously a lot of people knew me before I went there. So it, it helps if you can nick a couple of goals quick because I got injured in the third game, I think, and missed a couple of games. So, and then I think it's more, as well, it's what you like as a person in the dressing room and how, how you're you, you perceived in the dressing room because of that, that dressing room at the time, that was a strong dressing room. That was a, you, you had your, your, uh, your, your Billy Mercer's and your Paul Holland's and your, and your, your Tom Curtis's and your, I think Marcus Ebden was Marcus Ebden at the time, I think he was. I think you, so it's a, you had your um, Mark Williams, you know, all, all these, uh, Dar- Darren Carr was there at the time, Andy Morris was there. So it was a, these were Chesterfield legends and it was a, so to get to them to, they have to accept you into the dressing room because you're, you're a Chesterfield player now, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to like you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, like we say, it's like how many friends do I have from, from playing football? You know, it's like close friends, um, not many, but you know, I, I, I'd say I got on with most of most of the players I played with. You know, not 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 everyone because just like like everyday life, you don't get on with everybody, do you? Mm. But in the football world, in the dressing room, that's your, you know, you you do you do eat together, sleep together, play together. You know, and, and, and it, it, now it, it, it's a little bit different. Um, so yeah, you had to be. It did help if you're nicking some goals or you're playing well in the first few games, but it's uh, it's the, it's the longevity of it. And I think I was welcomed into the dressing room. You know, they were all down to it. There was no big timers there, except for Sean Dyche, but he left anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was talking to um, 
Aaron Downs, one of the more recent players uh, with us. And he was saying that um, there was like certain characters in the dressing room that were really important. Like he, he was talking about Paul Hall and how whenever they lost a game, he would be the guy that would be able to make a comment that wouldn't make light of a defeat, but would manage to kind of re- make a joke and kind of reset everyone and refocus everyone. So I'm wondering what, what was what was your kind of role in the dressing room? Did you have a did you have a role that was kind of your your personality? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think when um, I think before I was captain, because obviously John made me captain um, down the line. But I was, I, yeah, I was probably I was probably known as a bit of a joker. I, I, I did like a laugh, you know. We all like the laugh, mm. you know. Probably me more than most, and um, maybe. Maybe at times when we shouldn't have been laughing, but that's, that was just me. Um, I think it was, yeah, I had to make, I always made light heart of, of, a, of a, a situation, I suppose, rather than, you know, we didn't, I don't think there was many situations where at Chesterfield, especially where it was like, you know, you come to fisticuffs with anybody or you're, you're um, you know, when you have issues, except, except actually there was one situation when me and Steve Balowick had a little bit of a, well, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it was a brawl, I'd say it was who could throw the handbags the furthest on a, on a rare. Uh, yeah, it was, it was funny. If, if, if anyone who was there will remember that. And it was, it was quite funny actually, because he, he kicked, I kicked the ball and it hit him in the face. It skidded off the red surface and hit him in the face. Um, and it was sort of squared up. It, oh, oh, and then he'd done something to me. Anyway, it was a, I think that was as far as it got. So, but he's a big softy anyway. Yeah, he wouldn't have hit me anyway. Don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, so it was a, it was a, yeah, you had to be, you had to make light heart, you know, light heart of it most of the time, um, especially, especially playing for Chesterfield with, with John, with John and Kevin at the helm. Who <laughs> was, um, was there anyone that would be the, the person you'd always play jokes on in that dressing room? Was there someone that Oh, God, we've got to be careful now. <laughs> well, well, yeah, Chris Perkins probably, because he had, because he had the worst gear. <laughs> Probably him. Or, or Chrissy Beaumont. It was either Chrissy Beaumont or, or Perks who had the worst gear. I'm only joking, Chris. No, Chris was my... Me and Chris used to travel together from Sheffield, you see. When I got... I got banned from driving at one point. Just when I signed. So Chris Chris was very, very kind. He used to drive me in every day. So, yeah. So I won't say Chris. I'll say Perks. Yeah, everyone used to pick on Perks because he had the worst gear. <laughs> and then... Picking out, uh, picking out a game. Uh, quite a few fans mentioned this. But it, was, it was the four goals against... Uh, against Cambridge, I think it was in '99, I think, um, and especially yeah. the especially the fourth, which was a an absolute belter. Um, yeah, is it? Was that something you'd you'd like had a practice in training, or was it just to just have a go when it happened? It was. I don't. You know, football. I tell you, it, it's it's weird because on the Friday, literally, me and Tommy Curtis, when uh, I said, "Tom, come come here," and he went, "What do you want?" I said, "Just just just come here." I said, are we going to free kick tomorrow at the edge of the box? I said, I'm going to take it. He went, you can't take a free kick, Reezy. I went, no. I said, well, you're not going to score one, are you? So it was like, we sorted it out to ourselves. So literally, I just said, just tap the ball to me. Just let me try something different. So he tapped it to me. I flicked it up and I hit it. And it literally went about 50 foot wide. And he went, oh, don't do that, Reezy. <laughs> and I went, and anyway, that was it, wasn't it? So we got a free kick. I'd already got a hat trick. So I said, Tom, Tom, do that free kick. And he went, looked at me as if to say, you're joking, Reezy. So then he gets so literally like, and it, it could have went anywhere. And it's, I don't know, obviously everything. I got two penalties that day. I, by the way, 
none of them were penalties for the start <laughs> off. You'd never, the worst, if you watch that game, I literally fell over and the referee gave a penalty. Lad was nowhere near me. So that, so then, and I scored about a yard out header from the corner. And then, um, so that's, that's three. And then, yeah, so Tom got the free kick 30 yards out, whatever it was. I say 35, but Tom says it was 30. And um, he tapped it to me. And I've literally, because it's all about the flick up. Because if you don't flick it upright, mm. you, don't, you don't get the shots away because they, because they close you down. So I got the flick right and then I volleyed it and it literally hit the top of the crossbar and bouncing in the, in the net. And everyone just went, just couldn't believe it. It was yeah, the best goal I've ever scored. So the next, the next week after, we've got Oldham away. Tom, Tom, try it again. Yeah, yeah, okay, Reezy. He tapped the ball to me and I, and I went to flick it up and miscontrolled the flick. And the defender come in there on the attack. And then the end, half time, John Duncan went, he went, hey, Reeves here. Leave it now, boy. Leave it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so that was it. That was the that was the, the first the first and last one. So yeah, yeah. I thought I'd put it to bed. I'll, I'll just I'll finish on the goal, like yeah. Help, so the, help. That was yeah. <laughs> when when things like when you are hitting form and you you score a hat trick or, or you know uh, you're in good form, is being being the striker must be the best position on the pitch. To be if you if you're scoring goals like that, yeah, cool, yeah, because it's you know, it's it's uh, all the lads are gonna swear at me now. Yeah, it is the hardest position to play, definitely. The goalkeeper, anyone can play a goal, can't they? Come and catch it, <laughs> come and kick it, save a few shots. You know what I mean? Defender, go and head it easy. Midfielder, do what you want. Wingers, you've only got to cross the ball in for the strikers, haven't you? So then the strikers have got to do. They've got to hold it. They've got to control it. They've got to score a goal. You've got to take all the batting off the centre-halves. So it's quite, yeah, you've got to run back for every corner, defend that. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, the strike, yeah, it, it, it is a tough position to play. And I think it was harder. I don't know whether it was harder when we played or harder now because we passed the ball back that many times to each other along the back that you must be making a thousand runs up, up top before you get the ball. And when we, we knew when Ian Brecken had it, when Steve Baldwin had it, when Mark Williams had it, where it was going to go and when it was going to go. And it, you know, so that, that was, it was a bit easier as in, you knew what, you played to our strengths basically. You know, we had some really good footballers in the team all the years I was there, but um, it, were, it was, we knew, we knew everyone had a job to do. We knew what that job was. Now it's like, it's like a five-a-side game, eh? So I know it's different without the crowds, obviously because of COVID. But it's like sometimes you get that bored with watching it. You think, hey, any chance of getting this ball forward at some point? That's my take on it anyway. Um, I want to be, I want to be, uh, I'm paying for, for, the, for the service if, if you're a football fan. And I, and I want to be entertained. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to see, you can go and see 15-year-old kids passing the ball across the back, aren't you? In youth team games and, and whatever. In Sunday league games, you want to go and see, the, 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 the action happens at the last third of the pitch. Mm. That's, you know, that's, what, that's what fans want to see. And get them off the seats, um, but it's a toughie. And when you're a striker and when you're scoring goals, it's great. But but also when you miss them, it's it, you know it's other end of the scale. It's your fault because you've missed a few sitters and um, a few chances. And but yeah, when you score, I always had I always had a mentality of when I scored and we won, savour it because because the next game will be different. You, you know you're lucky if you get two games the same. Mm. Um, as I said, I, I was, you know, I, I, I got, I got, I got enough goals, but maybe could have got more. But 
I was happy with in the end what I did, and I think it was always, you know, it was always uh, even 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 if we'd lost the game, you're thinking, well, I've, I've, at least I've got a goal. Do you know what I mean? Although it wasn't great losing the game, um, but it's always nice to score. Yeah. And and um, and yeah, then I wondered how close you were to going to going to Stoke because didn't you nearly go to Stoke just before? John very close to going to yeah, very close to going to Stoke. Um, literally when everything was agreed, was it Paul Connor was going to come the other way? Was it a lad called Paul Connor? So he was going to come to Chesterfield, and I was going to go to Stoke. Um, and then I went to watch the other Autoglass game. So I went, agreed the deal, had me medical on the on the, on the before the game. Mm. Uh, you know, at that time it was a thorough medical, heart scans, everything. Which was which you know wasn't wasn't all wasn't all um, nailed on at that point. You could just have a medical, just oh, touch your toes. Yeah, you're all right. You know what I mean. <laughs> but it was a thorough medical. Um, and then I remember the next day, uh, I stayed over as well in the, in the hotel next to the ground, ready to sign it in the morning. But Paul Connor decided he didn't want to go to Chesterfield. I don't know why. <laughs> he probably went to see to see where we trained, maybe. Yeah, maybe. dog poo all over the place. Maybe that, that's that. what. That's what. So I was like, yeah, I was disappointed, but then obviously, um, ended up signing. Obviously, the Darren Brown scenario came into play and ended up staying, mm-hmm. which was great for me. Loved it. Yeah, and then and then yeah, that that season after uh, with Nicky Law then uh, in charge, it just kind of bossed the bossed the league that year. It was. Um, yeah. Was that a, a fun season? Um, on the pitch it was an adventurous season it was David very, a very adventurous season yeah full of ups and downs mainly ups to be fair um, and then you know we, Darren 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 was at the helm and Nicky got the job he, he came in caretaker um, and then got the job you know we, we pushed for Nicky to get the job because we wanted him to get it um, and yeah we, we, we'd have you know if it wasn't for the points deduction um, taking offers, we'd have we'd have we'd have won the league, you know. But uh, we ended up we ended up going up anyway in third place. So it was a it was a good season for us. And when you got to kind of halfway through the season and things started happening, did that ever kind of start to? Well, obviously it didn't put you off as as players because you were still winning. Did you? Did it end up um, kind of making you a bit stronger as a team when when when? Yeah. Because that was a that was a that was a really good dressing room, you know. You got, you know, Mike Pollitt, Luke Beckett, uh, Rob Edwards, Steve Payne. It was it was a really good squad, really good dressing room. Some, some you know some talented players for the, for, the, for that for that level, um, and it was, you know, we had we even had the press against us and everyone. You know, we had it was we were playing away games and like people had banners up, corners, greedy, whatever's and stuff, and we're like really. Right, you know, we so we, you know, we 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 didn't do anything wrong. You know what I mean? Mm. We we knew with players that we 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 didn't do anything wrong, and it was like, you know, where's it all come from, and blah blah blah, and then you know, other stuff was coming out, and and then we had a where we had a, a court case, and before the FA, four of us had to go, you know, speak to that to, to the FA, and it was, yeah, it was. I think it made us stronger. I think it was, um, you know, we had we we kept we kept our sanity by. Laughing, I think, to be honest, <laughs> training hard, working hard, and 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 just getting on with it and picking points up. Yeah, and I don't really want to go into it too much, but I was just curious as to with Darren Brown whether he was 
what, what was he what he was like kind of around the club as a as a personality uh, he was young he, he was a big personality he was young he was a big personality obviously we you know we didn't know a lot about, about him you know I, I first met when I did my deal because um, I did my own deal I didn't have an agent well actually I was I, 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 I actually I tell a lie I, I didn't sign with an agent at that time but I was getting help off one because I didn't really but he but that wasn't for Chesterfield he was trying to get me somewhere else so, so I did my own deal at Chesterfield um, and I'm with Darren Brown and it was, uh, I agreed mine. And I actually did Ian Brecken's deal as well. <laughs> so it was like, it, it, you know, you wouldn't, it wouldn't happen now, would it, really? Um, so he, he, was a, he was a big personality. You know, it was, a, he said, we didn't know his background. We didn't know what he was about. We didn't know where he got his money from. Um, so later on, till obviously all, you know, all the whatever hit the fan. Uh, and then, you know, it was like, wow. You know, we, we, we would never have thought, you know, what was going to happen. So that then the next, you know, I seen him, next time I seen him, I think I seen him, because he he got put away, didn't he? He did some time, didn't he? Yeah. And um, I seen him, and it was like, obviously he was a big fella. I seen him somewhere, I can't remember where I seen him, and he was like, literally like different man. He was like that. He'd lost loads of weight in prison. So, but I don't know, you know, it's, uh, he, he, he did what he did. Um, it's, it's a weird one because so he gave me a four-year deal um, and it was it was a really good deal um, and, and some other lads good deals as well. Although when I left, and, and it's unprecedented, I'd say, I left and I was owed quite a lot of money from Chesterfield and I knew the situation they were in and I, and I, I literally didn't take it. So it was, um, you know, it, it, there's, there's, it's not all about greed mm. in the football world. Um, you know, I had an affinity with Chesterfield and the fans, and it was, it was, uh, it was a great time. And I think it was, uh, you know, obviously that's that's not a great time. The, the Adam Brown scenario, for, from that respect, you know, the fans fans wouldn't wouldn't agree with that. Um, but you know, the players went to know, basically. Yeah. You know, we were just innocent parties in it all. And then, and then, yeah, you kind of went to, you you moved to Oldham, didn't you? I suppose it was a, a balance in the books kind of thing at the time and then but then you end up coming back like a, a yeah. year later so did you ever think you must have thought that was that was it at end of chapter for Chesterfield I'm guessing you didn't expect yeah. that so quickly well I didn't I, to be honest I didn't really want to leave um but there was different scenarios why I left um and I, I think it was um it was Mick Wadsworth scenario Mick Wadsworth my old Carl out manager was the older manager and it was, um, I, I said, yeah, you know, they took my contract over, let, let's go. And I went, and it's, you know, and obviously I was, a, it, 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 looking back, you're thinking, well, really, I was owed a lot of money off Chesterfield. I shouldn't, you know, I could have stood out for it and took it, but I didn't. Um, and they saved a lot of money, which, which I'm, quite, I'm quite proud about now, really. Um, not that they, they would have, could afford to give me it at the time, but, you know, I just went and cut my ties, and maybe that's why, and then Russ, Russ took over, yeah. Russ took over, didn't he? Um, and then, um, and then, it, yeah. It was like I literally, I never played much. I, I scored three of my first two games for Oldham, and then I got an injury in my eye. I was warming up at Berry, and the ball hit me in my eyeball, mm. literally, and I and I tore my retina. It was mad. It was really, it was really weird. And uh, and I was out for three months. I had laser surgery for three months on my eye. Um, I never really got back in. 
and didn't enjoy it with Ian Dowie. Ian Dowie came and it was like getting for half seven, swim for an hour. It was like, you know, he was really, really, really uh, hot on the training, which I didn't mind, but I travelled from Sheffield and it just didn't work. And then it was an easy one because it, to come back to, you know, to finish off at, um, at Chesterfield, it was a, yeah, it was a no brainer that one. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, it kind of, uh, and then a few people have mentioned the hat trick against Grimsby and kind of a rather mad 4-4 game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a mad game. That would have been in the 2004, 3-4 uh, season, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Do you remember that hat-trick against Grimsby? Do you remember that game? Yeah, I think it was two Was it two, two penalties again, wasn't it, I think? Uh, yeah, I think it? Yeah. Two penalties in the header again, yeah. Like two penalties in the header. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was, a good, it was a good game. We should have... Um, we, were, we, were, we were down, weren't we? We were, we were losing. It was, yeah. Um, it, was a big, it was a big point for us in the end. You know, we're looking back. It was a big point for us. Yeah. Um, obviously, we stayed up in the last game of the season, didn't we? Yeah. And did you? That was. I I kind of only really remember. I kind of remember your uh, kind of second spell with us more than your first spell. So did you? Did you have to adapt? How did you adapt how you played kind of over the years? Um, did you start playing a different role kind of in the team up front? I don't think so. I think I think it was. It was just the same. I think it was, um, you know, the, the old-fashioned centre-forward striker up front with another one um, next to him. Obviously, Glenn Hurst at, at that time, like that last season, you go flick it on, let, let him run in behind because he's quicker. Obviously, your legs go a little bit, don't you, as you get older. Um, but I, I, th- I thought he had a lot more to give. Even, even, you know, I finished at 37. I probably maybe because I've got another couple of years. Although, yeah. you know, when you're not playing, people say, oh, he's, he's, done, he's done now, he's done. Um, but actually, the last game of the season um, against Luton, when we won one 0 it was. Uh, I think he had quite. I had, I had a good game that day, but I was told on the Friday by Ron McFarland, the manager at the time, if whether we go down or stay up, I'm going to stay. I'll be staying. So just don't worry about it. He's going to have a good game tomorrow, and it will. It'll be. You know, there's no because I was only on. I was only on it because I got paid up off Oldham to go back to Chesterfield. I was only on a pittance. It wasn't a, you know, it was, it, it was, it was irrelevant really, but I was on the money. It was, a, you know, he said, I want you, you know, my link in the dressing room, blah, blah, blah. So it was like, we stayed up. You know, the first person to, uh, Roy came to at the end of the game was me, hugging me. And it was brilliant. And it was, a, you know, it was, it was, that was one of me. Well, it was the last game in Chesshire, but it was one of my most poignant because, of, because of what we did and every fan that was there. That day, you know, it was like we won the World Cup. You know, that will that will live with me forever. That game, because it was my last game, and yeah. because of what was at stake. So it was a good game to play in. It wasn't a nothing game. Do you know what I mean? And it was great that we won the game, and stayed in the league. And then um, I think, you know, I was really really disappointed because on the Monday, like I'm first in to see Roy and Lee Richardson at the time assistant manager, and um, he said I was I went in and he went. He looked at me, I looked at his face, and I'm thinking, this is not quite right, this. You know, he told me on the Friday that I'm in, it's, I'm going to get another year, which, but, which would have been eight years then. It would have been eight years. So, you know, God knows what could have happened then. And I think, um, I think after all these years, I, I'm not bitter now. I was bitter, but I'm not. You know, he said to me, listen, Reed, it's, it's the hardest decision I've ever had to make as a manager. So that I can't give you another year. And I, you can imagine my surprise. It was like, because he told me on the Friday 
that I was going to get a contract. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. So we're all done. No, I went, wait, you told me on Friday. Yeah, but it's, we're going to go down a different route now. We're going to get someone younger. So I've gone, right. And, it, and then Lee Richardson, who I play with and I was a friend with, I was literally like, I just gave them both a mouthful of abuse because of, you know, it wasn't right what, what he did. If he'd have told me on the Friday I was leaving, I was still going to give all me all on the Saturday. And, you know, um, it, it was just so sour. And so the, the, way, the, way, the way it ended, and it was because of Roy McFarlane, the way he did it, not professional whatsoever. And he knows, he knows that. Um, but, you know, even the chairman, so I come out the room um, and the chairman says, I'll see you in the summer, David, Bar uh, Barry. And I said, well, you won't, Barry, because he's just released me. And he went, oh, that's what he, not, he never told me that. So even the chairman didn't know I was leaving. Um, and it was, and, 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 and I just, everyone said, oh, he's really spat his dummy out because he's been released. But it wasn't that at all. Yeah. It was because people who knew the true story would have known that I was told on a Friday that I was going to get another year. And that was a massive, massive, it was a body blow to me that, to leave the club like that, mm. in that, you know, under that cloud. And there was only one reason why I didn't. And, you know, the younger, the younger player who they went for was Wayne Allison, who was older than me. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> <was> thinking, yeah. <laughs> who, was exactly. Wilson, wasn't it? <laughs> who, who happened to be Lee Richardson's mate. So there you go. And I never spoke to Rick for years because I, 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 you know, I haven't, I've spoke to him a couple of times, but I just, you know, I fell out with him because... He, he was part of it. And everybody knew there was only one reason why David Lee's never got another year. And that was because I was a threat to Roy McFarlane's job. Simple. You know, so if, if anything, it would have been under pressure. It would have been, oh, well, well, you know, David Reeves gives Reeves the job. And because yeah. the fans like me, that's, that's it. And I can say that now after all these years. But people know anyway. It's, there's no, there's no, there's no grey area. That's exactly what happened. Um, but it's, it was, it's, that's not, that's not, that's the, the unpleasant part of football, you know, that was that was a that was a that was a bitter pill to swallow. That, and it took me a while to get over that. Mm. I'll be honest, because I didn't want to, you know, I couldn't say, but couldn't say there was no farewell to the Chesterfield fans. It was like you're out, last game of the season, that's it, you know. But to be told that you was going to be having another year, and if, I just do do not know for the, to this day why he would say that to me. And especially yeah. during that weekend, which was a Huge emotional roller coaster, anyway. Like you said, staying up, I remember kind of putting scarves in the car windows on the way home, and it, it did feel like we'd won the won the World Cup or the Championship or, yeah. or something. Um, so to go from to go from that to a few days later must have been just a huge emotional yeah. roller coaster for you. Then, yeah, oh, it was massive. And uh, you know, I've got all all my managers that I played under. I do most respect for, and I, and I did with Roy because he looked after me, to be fair to him, mm. up to that point, you know, and he wasn't honest with me, and he didn't show any integrity, and it was like, wow, you know, I didn't deserve that, really. You know, I didn't, I think no fan would, would, would say that I, I, I deserve that, you know, that, that way to, to, to finish my career at the club that, you know, I put so much work and effort into, and, and I loved and, you know, loved being there, and I think it was, uh, yeah, it was, I'm fine now, it's not, you know, Roy, Roy's, Roy's not going to be bothered now, is he? <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, so it wasn't a very good way to finish my Chesterfield career, that I must admit. Yeah, and, and with, a bit, with a bit more luck, you could have done 10 years and, and been in testimonial. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that was a thought, really, at the time. 
you know. Uh, but you can't, you know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't dwell over it. It was like it was a couple of weeks, and then it was like, well, nothing you can do about it now. It's, a, it, it is what it is. It's, you know, you've unfortunately, you know, I wouldn't have done that to anybody, you know. Um, no other manager has done that to me. So it's, a, it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a tough one to take. With um, throughout, because you you played for Chesterfield for for years, was there a was there a strike partner that you really liked playing with? Was there someone that you just clicked with? Um, um, a Chesy. I've played with quite a lot of lads, <laughs> lads <laughs> at Chesterfield. Um, John Howard will tell you that he set the most goals up for me, but he's lying. I can't. I can only remember one he set up for me. <laughs> um, I like playing with. I like playing with Frankie. Uh, John Howard, Frankie Howard. I like playing with John. He, he was a hard worker, runner. You know, he, he put his shift in. Uh, Luke Beckett was good. Me and Luke did well, you know, when we had a season together, season and a half, whatever it was. You know, we both goal scorers, similar players. Um, Harry, Harry Willis, Roger Willis, he was hard working. The game was a play with, with Harry. He was a good player. He got his first year of goals. I like playing with Jay. believe it or not, you know, I like playing with Jason Lee. Jason Lee, uh, Jason Lee was a, he was a unit. You know, I still can't believe that Jason never scored for Chesterfield. Um, because, Jason was fat. defenders used to be scared of him, mm. really scared of him. Like, and I think the funniest thing I can remember, and Jason won't he won't thank me for this. His closest they ever come to score him was against Luton, and he literally it was pouring down. Saltergate pitch was like a mud bath. It was brilliant. It was a great day for football, <laughs> and we won the game. I think we won three one. I think I got two. I think, I think. So he's he's like. I, people didn't realise how fast he was he was so quick and strong and he he literally he's in on goal he's one on one he dinked it over the keeper he's run off celebrating the ball stuck on the line at, at the cop end so Abbott's come jogging behind him and tapped it in and he's like oh no <laughs> he's, he, he's run away thought he scored but no, no it was me yeah I got I got the goal but he was yeah Jace, Jason was a he was a he was he was a good striker. I'm trying to think who else. I didn't play much with Andy Morris, which is really. Like um, played, with, uh, played with Caleb Folan a bit, didn't you? And his in... played with Caleb as a young lad. Yeah, he, yeah, he was he was just coming through then, just before. Yeah. yeah, it was just before he kicked on Caleb. Yeah, he had something. Definitely had something, Caleb. Um, it was a yeah. He was he had he had he was, he was strong and quick, and he could nick a goal. Um, he looked apart. I think he was yeah. He was always going to do something, Caleb. Just kind of wanted to kind of talk about what you've been up to kind of since finishing football, since playing. Um, what what kind of what have, what have you been up to since since finishing playing? Well, I'm an eight. Well, dare I say it? I don't like saying agent. I'm a, I'm a mentor more than an agent now. Yes, yeah, so I've got a, set up my own sports sports management company about twelve years ago now. So we we look after currently about forty players, and um, we look after lads and girls. So we've got about fifteen girls now. We look after. Which is brilliant. Um, you know that 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 part of the game is is improving every every week, every month. You know it's only going to be the more girls taking part in the game, the better. Um, you know we look after a few lionesses. It's fantastic. We've got players all over, and we, you know it's a it's a very it's an eye opening industry, to say the least. It's a, I, I do things now, and I'm seeing things now that I would never see when I played. Obviously. The business side of football, yeah, I'm learning more every day. You've not been doing it for so long. Um, it, it's, 
it's satisfying it, it's it's hard working it's, it's 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 mentally draining but it's not i couldn't work on a building site could never couldn't do it you know i, I do what i do and I'm, I'm i'm still involved in football and i'm in a privileged position because i love it um, watching football matches and look, looking after players is, I wouldn't say it's an easy job, but I, n- I never thought I'd ever do it. Um, as, as you know, the the, uh, the thought of parents and, and, and players thinking about agents, it's just about all oh, taking money off them, you know, it couldn't be far from the truth. There are agents out there who do that, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's shark affected waters. This, it, it, it gets, it gets a bit murky. But we uh, we have to rise above that, and then um, I said it's a, it's it, it's a fantastic for being involved in football still now. You know, I'm 53 now, so it's like I'm still involved in it, it's, and I'm enjoying it every day. It's something to something different every day. You know, trying helping young players. Obviously, it's a business we run. You can't get away from that. But helping young players try and try and pursue their dream of playing football. Can't you know? I'm in a privileged position. It's fantastic. And how have um... How much bigger are contracts nowadays? Because I'm guessing, I'm, I'm guessing when you started, there were maybe <laughs> one or two pages, and now they're probably a, a, yeah. a lot longer. Um, oh yeah, well it, it's all it's that, that respect that's changed, David, hasn't it? You know, when I sat in for Chef Wednesday, bed in mind, they were top six in the country, and, and basically in, in the old in the old League One Premier League as it was, um, and you know I was on, I know I wasn't in the first team, but I was on seventy five pound a week, and it was like. Jesus, wow, what am I going to do with that? Um, you know, from even from the Bolton days and Chesterfield days where didn't need Adam Browns, where I got a really good deal at the time. You know, it's like now it's the, the money side of it. Um, it's 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 got it, it's got ridiculous. You know, when you get to that top level, um, you can have you could probably have three good years in the championship now and you'd be set for life, you know, never mind the premiership. Mm-hmm. Um in the lower leagues, it's it's still um you know, you can earn a good living. You can earn a good living. And so, yeah, so it's, it's more of a business now than it ever, it's ever been. And it'll continue to, football will continue to be a business. You know, let's not get away from that. You know, it's an entertainment business, but it's all a business at the end of the day. And, uh, and, and finally, I just wanted to just finish on kind of your relationship with the fans, because you are, like I said at the, at the start, you're the person that's, been most requested that I talked to since I've started this. So I'm wondering what what makes a what makes a really good relationship with a with a fan base, do you think, from a player's perspective? How many fans is, is asking me five? About five. <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think, like I said, I, like I said at the start, I think if you if you work hard and it looks and the and the fans see you giving your all, and sometimes it will come off, sometimes it won't. I think they'll appreciate that. I think they pay the hard-earned money, especially this, you know, this day and age as well. You look, you look at what we're going through as, as a as, as a nation. I think, and every other nation, you know, we, we people football is a release. People go to work to get to pay for the season tickets and to pay for to travel all over the country. You know, like seeing. I remember when we played um, Millwall years ago and away at the, the old Den. And you know, you know, remember how bad it was then. I think we had about twenty fans in the top level at above, and literally I scored, and I've run in, and the fans were trying to get over the top. Our Jersey fans, because they were that, they were that like happy and overjoyed that they celebrated the goal at the dead. 
you know, all that money be paid to get down there and the travel and whatever and the tickets to get in. It's all worth it. And, you know, we drew 1-1 that day. And we, we, we you know, like I said, that, just, just example of that performance, all the lads worked socks off. We got a great point. And, you know, they were out singing. There were no more fans in the end. You know, it's the, that, 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 and they see that. They see it. And they think of you, you know, that it's different now because these, this day and age, it, do you have to work as hard? You don't have to work as hard as a footballer now on the pitch because it's all about different things. Um, it's all about playing through the lines and, and, and you know, it, it, who's, who's a good defender on the ball. You know, Mark Williams wouldn't, wouldn't Mark Williams lose 20 balls a game now if he played. The amount of balls he kicks out of the stand, and Steve, by the way. By the way. <laughs> so, you know, so it's like, you know, it's all changed. But I think the fans, from the fans' point of view, as long as they see you working hard and you're giving your all, and they've paid their good money to see that, because at the end of the day, they're paying for a service. And, it, and if, if they see that week in, week out, then they'll appreciate it. And I think that's why the fans talk to me at clubs where I've been, especially at Chesterfield, because they, they see it. And it's, all, and it's great for me because it, the more, the more uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, 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 when you see the warmth the fans are giving you, uh, it gives you gives you passion and it gives you more energy to, to go and do more running around and keeps you going. So it's a, it's a two-way, I always say, all the good clubs, it's a two-way relationship. If you, get, if you want to get to where you want to get to, fans have got to buy into it and the players have got to buy into it. And then it's, like you say, it's a, you know, it's a match made in heaven in it. And I think if, if you don't know, it doesn't always happen. If you can miss an open goal and all of a sudden, oh, you, you, your crap reads. Do you know what I mean? Which happened quite a lot, by the way. But anyway, it's another story. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think it's it's that that side of it. If they see that you're giving everything and a little bit more, then then they're going to warm to you, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, great. Well, thanks for many years at the club, and uh, and yeah, it, it, you were probably one of the first. Yeah, you were probably the first player that I kind of chanted a chant to. <laughs> you know? I feel good now, David, yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when you first start going to football and you go to the cop, into the cop yeah. for the first time with, like, your mates, um, I think Reevesy was, like, the first the first chant that I... Yeah, that the I first chant, yeah. I know there wasn't many chants, but I was trying to think of other chants, chants when, when I was there. Yeah, it was, you see, I always said to someone years ago, he said, oh, how, how come you shouted your name, Reevesy, and you've missed, you've missed a sitter? And I've gone, well, because, the, because I must have, they must have seen something they liked. And then someone said, I don't know whether it was um, Paul Holland. He went, yeah, but because Reeves is the only thing that he can sing. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Reeves is an easy, it's an easy song, isn't it? Reeves, they haven't got to do much, have they? You know what I mean? It's very true. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So maybe that, that might be it because it's, it's an easy one to sing. I don't know. Yeah. 